This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Now let's join the hosts of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. The winter sports season is in full swing, and the NTL Now podcast is back for another weekly edition. Shane Wilbur here with you, ready to go for yet another week. Glad to be with all of you out there. Joe Carrion again, not here this week, but let me tell you in his defense, he was ready to go. This week is totally on me, as I have had just uh, absolutely a crazy week. Been all over the place, and uh, basically, you know, I uh, was able to kind of snag some interviews and stuff earlier in the week. I uh, sent Joe a message earlier as well and said, you know what, uh, go be with your family, have yourself a great holiday over 2019, and uh, recharge your batteries and get ready uh, for 2020, and we'll be ready to go uh, once the new year starts. But uh, yes, in his defense, he was ready to be here this week. I just, you know, with my schedule and everything, I'm telling you, this winter sports season is going to be crazy. And uh, just, uh, you know, wanted to uh, let everybody know out there that, you know what, uh, yes, uh, you know, Joe and I, we are still doing this together. It's just, you know, our winter sports schedule so far. We just, we're not syncing up yet. And uh, we got to get better at that. But uh, we will. But uh, just want to let all the uh, fans out there know that, yes, you know what, Joe, he's still a big part of this podcast. And uh, I'll be glad to have him back once 2020 comes around. But, you know, what we've got some sports to talk about this week i'm telling you we have a jammed packed podcast this week right here on ntl now of course coming up here a little bit later on uh, i've got interviews on the girls basketball side this week okay we're going to talk with tawanda girls basketball coach rich sutton we're going to talk with troy girls basketball coach uh, brian burchard also this week hey you know what we're going to talk with state wrestling interpreter that's right the ntl zone jack young you know usually uh, you see him as a wrestling official now he is the state wrestling uh, rules interpreter so it was nice to uh, be able to sit down with him earlier this week as well and uh, we'll have that coming up for you too just a little bit later on but we've got basketball action to recap we've got some scores to go through some wrestling action from the past weekend to recap and uh, I'm going to talk about all that as well coming up here in just a little bit but first uh, we've got some uh, breaking news uh, from earlier in the week that's right we've got Northern Tier League football all-stars that uh, have been released now, of course, uh, coaches and uh, have get together, and they will, uh, of course, cast their votes for this. But uh, NTL large and small school football all-stars were just announced uh, earlier this week, so uh, time to get to those in case you missed out. Uh, on the large school side, which is where we will start, uh, head coach of the year uh, to his staff was uh, Coach Smith of Troy. Damian Landon was voted player of the year. Offensive player of the year went to Canton's Uriah Bailey. Defensive player of the year also from Canton, uh, linebacker Garrett Storch and lineman of the year went to Troy's Jack Imp. Now going through some of the other quick selections here. Uh, first team offense, uh, Tanner Kunkel of Tawanda was voted uh, first team offensive quarterback. Uh, other notables, running back Damian Landon and uh, Aiden Hauser of Wellsboro uh, were first team running backs. Wide receivers were Keegan Root of Athens, Nick May of Canton and Kashawn Cameron of Wyalusing. Ben Knapp of Canton was voted first team tight end. Uh, 
looking at the offensive line. Logan Chaplowski of North Penn Mansfield, Jack Impt of Troy, Caden Robb of Troy, Mason Impt of Troy, and Keegan Clemens of Wellsboro were voted uh, first-team offensive line in the large school. And kickers for the first-team offense for the large school were Kevin Alexander of North Penn Mansfield and Zach Singer of Wellsboro. Now, looking at uh, the defensive side for the first team, uh, defensive tackles went to Jack Impt and Mason Impt of Troy. Defensive ends were Ben Personelli and Evan Landis uh, of Canton. Personelli from Athens. Uh, first team linebackers were Garrett Storch of Canton, Brett Harvey of North Penn Mansfield, Damian Landon of Troy, and Alex Burrell of Wellsboro. And uh, first team defensive backs went to Tanner Kunkel of Tawanda, Dom Ayers of Troy, Darren Callahan of Wellsboro, and Jacob Bruin of Wyalusing. And first team punter uh, for the NTL Large School was Nick May of Canton. Uh, second team selections, uh, some notables there were uh, Uriah Bailey of Canton was the quarterback. Running backs were Damian Hudson of Athens and Carson Steiner of Canton. Caleb Benford of Troy also getting a nod there. Uh, wide receiver was Colton Roop of North Penn Mansfield. Silas Wagaman of Wellsboro and Isaiah Way of Wyalusing uh, were the second team receivers. Trent Kithcart of Tawanda was the second team tight end. Uh, offensive line honors for the second team went to Ian Wright of Athens, Garrett Storch of Canton, Trevor Williams of Canton, Ryder Lathrop of Troy, and Tyler Hancock of Wellsboro, and Aaron Lane of Athens was the second team kicker. Uh, so those were some of the big notables uh, on the first team. Uh, now to the defense, rather, uh, defensive tackles for uh, the second team, I should say. We are in the second team now. Uh, defensive tackles, Logan Choplowski of North Penn Mansfield, Tyler Hancock of Wellsboro, Ben Knapp, and Jake Dietrich, Knapp of Canton, Dietrich of Troy, get the defensive end honors on the uh, second team. And uh, linebackers, Tanner Dildine of Athens, Carson Steiner of Canton, Chase Roberts of Troy, Jackson Chilson of Wyalusing were second team linebackers. Defensive backs were Keegan Root of Athens, Cooper Kitchen of Canton, Kalen Matzik of North Penn Mansfield, and Ridge Spencer of Troy were your second team D-backs. And Noah Spencer of North Penn Mansfield was your second team punter for North Penn uh, Mansfield and for the NTL Large School. So those were your notables on the large school side for the football All-Stars. Now, of course, we can flip the page back and uh, we will go to the small school All-Stars here in just a moment. So let's go to the small school All-Stars for this season's uh, All-Star squad. Uh, Coach of the year, uh, no surprise, uh, District 4 championship coach Sean Tetralt was the coach of the year in the small school. Players of the year, we had co-players of the year this year as Christian Good of Muncie and Isaiah Firestein of Sayre share those honors. Offensive player of the year for the small school went to Ethan Gush of Muncie. Defensive player of the year went to uh, Bailey Hadzinikoloff for Muncie. And lineman of the year went to Dakota Housing of Muncie as well. So the Indians pretty much cleaning up in the small school selections. Uh, quickly, we'll just go through some of the first team selections uh, on the uh, offensive side of the ball here for the small school. Branson Iyer of Muncie was the quarterback. Ethan Gush of Muncie, Isaiah Firestein of Sayre were the uh, running backs. Wide receivers went to Stephen Prince of Montgomery, Ross Iyer of Muncie, Ethan Miller of Sayre, your receiving core, and the tight end. Hey, Owen Reichner of Columbia Montour Tech. Nice to see one of the Rams getting an honor in the small school uh, for the offensive line Paul Risley of Bucktail, Alex Hands of Montgomery, Dakota Housing of Muncie, Cale Hembury of Muncie and Jordan Goodrich of Sayre your first team offensive line and Gabe McNear of Montgomery uh, were the offensive selections uh, McNear rather the kicker for the small school 
All right, let's go to the second team, or small school, rather, defense on the first team side. Uh, defensive tackles were Gage Mabane of Montgomery, Dakota Housing of Muncie. Defensive ends were, again, Risley of Bucktail and Cale Hemberry of Muncie. Uh, linebackers were Devin Deem of Montgomery, Ethan Gush of Muncie, Bailey Hadzinikoloff of Muncie, and Isaiah Firestein of Sayre were your first team defensive linebackers for the small school. And defensive backs were Caleb Dawson of CMVT, uh, Stephen Prince of Montgomery, Christian Good of Muncie and Zach Watkins of Sayre were your defensive backs on the first team and your uh, first team punter was Gage Wirtz of Muncie in the small school. Now, of course, you can go to ntlsports.com, uh, go to the football page, and you can read up on the remaining all-star selections uh, in the Northern Tier League small school uh, to see all the other all-stars as well. But, yes, congratulations uh, going out to the coaching staffs, the players, offensive, defensive, special teams uh, for those great honors uh, for Northern Tier League football and definitely wanted to tab on them as we get going here uh, in the early going of this week's podcast. But as I said, we've got a lot to cover this week in both girls basketball and some wrestling to talk about as well. So let's get things started right here on the NTL Now podcast. Now the 2-1 and one Lady Black Knights of Tawanda having a good start to the opening part of the season. And actually earlier this week, I had a chance to sit down and talk with their head coach, Rich Sutton. So let's learn more about the Tawanda Lady Black Knights right here on the NTL Now podcast. Coach, first off, uh, you know, hearing good things about the Lady Knights program, and I'm sure you know you're excited to get the uh, season underway finally after going through all of the winter practices. Yeah, it was nice to get a few games under our belt. Uh, we've looked pretty good so far. Uh, you know, a couple wins, and then we had a first game where we committed too many fouls but lost that one, but they played well, played hard. So good to see. So coach, now that you know the, the season is underway, I mean when you look back on, you know, kind of the beginning of the season, the drills and whatnot, uh, what were some things, you know, you were kind of uh, approaching this team as goals for this season? Uh, we, we set some pretty lofty goals already. Uh, last year we made districts, so this year we, we again, we're, I think we're going to make districts, and we want to make a run in the districts. Uh, we're looking to, we want to win the Intel Large School title, and also uh, possibly one of the Intel show, Showdown at the end of the season. Coach, it's interesting, you know, I mean, you've been around this game for so long. I mean, you've you've coached, uh, you've had daughters that have played, and you've just, you've seen this game uh, for so long now. I'm curious to think, uh, or just to get your thoughts on, rather, I mean, do you see a lot of changes in the way that the game is played today rather than even four or five years ago? Because to me, this game seems like much more of a, of a running style up and down the floor in girls' basketball, where even maybe five years ago, if you had a dominant post player, you could win that way. But it seems like now it's a more open ball game. Yeah, I think uh, that's the game of the future is the up and down. Uh, you see it throughout not just the high school, but you know the college and, and the pros. It's get up on the floor, shoot three-pointers, uh, and uh, try to get as many possessions as you can, and hope you're, you know, if you're athletic, and uh, which we are, we're very athletic. We'll just try to outscore teams. We still want to play good defense, but outscoring teams is what we want to do. Does it seem like you know that that's the the more type of player though that you're, you're getting now? I mean, it, wouldn't it be nice to just have somebody you could throw the ball into now? But do you find yourself having to adjust, you know, even your coaching style of having to play more up and down the floor? I, I actually I like that style. Um, I, I haven't had a team in the past with this much athleticism that gets up and down the floor the way we do. Um, I do have a post player in Aaron Barrett, so I, you know, we have a slow down game. I feel I can, you know, throw the ball in the post, but I, our strength is going to be, you know, just getting up and down the floor. 
Well, good. Then that's a good uh, kind of a segue question. I mean, uh, you know, going up and down the floor, a, a big strength for your team. I mean, uh, what what else do you see as, you know, some good core strengths of this athletic unit for the Lady Knights? So far, balanced scoring. Um, we've had three games, and uh, each game we've had a different leading score. Um, I was just looking at the, the books, and we have four girls averaging in double figures. So uh, I don't think teams are going to be able to say, hey, we got to shut that girl down because we have another girl that will step up and be able to put the ball in the basket which is good to see. They're, they're sharing the ball really well. You know, it's not like uh, you know, somebody's taking more shots than other girls. I think the girls are working together well and, like I said, balanced scoring. And now, you know, as, as a counterpoint then, you know, when you talk about their strengths, obviously, you know, you, you can point out weaknesses and things that you see that need to be worked on, you know, with every practice, you know, that eventually will get better as the season goes on. I mean, what are some things right now you see within your team that, you know, you know they're going to have to drill a lot more of to get better at as the season goes on? Rebounding, definitely. Uh, we can't run if we can't get a rebound. Um, so we, we, we're trying to work on that in practice, you know, boxing out. And uh, uh, the other thing is we, we are turning the ball over a little more than I like, which I, you know, it's going to happen when you play fast. You're going to have more turnovers, but we've had a lot of, a lot of silly ones, you know, travels and, you know, not catching the ball. You know, you can, you can live with the turnovers when you're playing fast and you're pushing the ball, but it's the silly ones that we have to really get better at. As you look at your team now overall, I mean, who, who are some players for the Lady Knights who, you know, as the season goes on, more teams are going to have to prepare for uh, for this season? Paige Manchester, she's only a freshman, uh, but her skill level is uh, really good. She's probably our, our actual best basketball player. She may not, She's not our most athletic girl, but as far as skills, you know, as far as shooting, dribbling, rebounding, she's our, our, our top player. Um, Portia Bennett is just uh, incredible on defense with her athleticism. But we, we trap, and she's our trap person, and she just gets deflections and gets turnovers, which leads to easy points. Aaron Barrett inside is pretty solid inside ball player. But again, she likes to get out and run. So, you know, from there, and then we got Amanda Horton, who's a knock, you know, can knock down some threes. She's got, I think, five already this year, three pointers. So, I think we got we got some. Uh, Oh, and, and I'm sorry, Hannah Chandler is our point guard. She's our three-year starting point guard, and uh, she pushed the ball really well. And you know, she had one game this year where she had 15 points. So, yeah, you know, our starting five is pretty solid. Boy, that seems really awesome to just think about. You know, having a three-year starting point guard, you know, running the helm for uh, for that uh, Lady Black Knights team. I mean, really, that really, you know, gets the engine going. And, and if you don't have somebody you trust with the ball in their hands, I mean, that, that really can, uh, you know, kind of play in a coach's mind. But knowing that you do have somebody who you do trust with the ball in her hands like Hannah, that's really got to make, uh, you know, coaching a lot easier knowing that you have a floor general you can trust like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, she, uh, she's been sharing it. We had uh, Sierra the last – Two years, but Hannah kind of ran the point, and Sarah was a shooting guard, so she's used to used to you know under the pressure of handling the point guard, and she does a tremendous job getting us into our offense. Or um, you know, and when she's out of the game, I know I can put Paige at the point. She's a very capable point guard, but again, I think she's better as a shooting guard. So we're we're setting guards in the guard position. I don't you know I don't think we're going to get turned over a lot with two, two girls that can really handle the ball. When you look at this Lady Knights roster, I'm curious. I mean, is this a team that is going to rely a lot on the front five or the starting five, I should say? Or, you know, is this a team where, you know, you can look on the bench and say, you know what, I go pretty deep. There's a lot of girls on this squad that uh, I know I can count on if, if their number's called. Or do you find yourself saying, you know what, uh, I know I'm going to have to tighten this rotation down as the year goes? 
Yeah, I think I think we have a deep bench also. Um, we have um, Sage Greenland coming off the bench. Allie Hurley comes in, uh, gives us solid minutes. Um, they you know they don't make mistakes. They come in, they know what their role is. Uh, the role is to come in, give some some minutes to the starting so they can rest up. And then we have a couple of uh, freshmen coming in. Uh, Gracie Schoonover's played well in the post. Um, Bella Hurley, I think, is going to be a solid ball player. And then um, in the sophomores, we have Maddie Maynard, who's uh, just a lockdown defender. Um, she buys into playing defense when I need somebody to you know guard somebody. She's my go-to girl to you know to shut somebody down. But she'll lock in and play some defense. You know, you were you were talking earlier about you know some of the lofty goals that you know this Tawana Lady Black Knights team has, and you know it's obviously you know the goal is districts and maybe a run in the playoffs. But first, you know you have to get through uh, the the NTL and the regular season schedule. And you know when you look at the league overall this year here in the Northern Tier League, I mean, how do you see the girls' basketball season uh, faring out? I mean, is this is this a pretty wide open league? I mean, do you see some teams at the top? that, you know, may uh, push you a little more uh, this season? Oh, sure. Athens is going to be strong. They're, you know, well-coached. They brought back a lot from last year. Um, I'm not, I haven't seen Wellsboro yet. But, uh, yeah, they, they've been solid for the last, you know, eight or nine years. So I'm not sure, you know, what, I know they lost uh, the four-year group from last year who was the best player in the league. So I'm sure they're going to be solid. In small school, you have Mansfield's going to be solid. I think Northeast, based on their scores. This year is going to be pretty good. I think I think on any night anybody can beat anybody if they don't come up, to, they don't show up to play. All right. Well, let me bring the discussion then right back to your team as well. You know, after you talk about the league a little bit, how do the Lady Black Knights achieve the success they want to have this season? I mean, what has to go right for them to get where they want to go? Uh, remain a team and not become selfish. Um, if we keep sharing the ball and um, where teams cannot lock in on one or two players and. Uh, we, we can have four or five girls that are capable of putting the ball in the basket and we you know stay as a team and not you know not become individuals. So I think we'll be we'll be perfectly fine. Endless Mountain Brace Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. That's right, folks. Remember, stop in and see the good people at Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Canton Street in Troy. You don't want to miss out on uh, the ways they can help uh, the possible injured athlete in your family. All kinds of bracing and uh, the ability to just help uh, injuries, you know, kind of get better and uh, get back on track quickly. So, yes, definitely go see Stacy, Jen, and the gang over there at Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility uh, whenever injuries occur. Okay, again, want to thank head coach Rich Sutton from the Tawanda Lady Black Knights. Uh, for a great job uh, sitting down with me this week. Always nice to hear about some of our area teams and uh, you know the progress they are making and uh, the keys to success as the season goes. Now, of course, we're going to talk some wrestling coming up here in just a little bit. We'll also talk some boys basketball as well. That's all on the horizon too. But you know what? This podcast this week, as I said, you know, going to be uh, very much centered on uh, some girls basketball talk and some wrestling talk. So uh, we're going to keep that trend of girls basketball talk going 
going on for you now as uh, earlier this week I had the opportunity to talk with the head coach of the Lady Trojans of Troy. That's right. If you haven't had the opportunity to sit down and actually uh, meet or talk with head coach Brian Burchard, this guy is one of the most cool-headed, mellow-headed guys that uh, I've ever been around uh, as a girls basketball coach or any coach for that matter. Uh, Brian, you know, one of those guys who really puts in the time, the effort, and uh, I think what really helps Brian is and what really impresses me with him is that, you know, it's the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, in the offseason that this guy does uh, trying to, you know, kind of uh, do fundraising and everything else. But, you know, this is a conversation that uh, I had with him and I uh, want to share that with you as well uh, here on the podcast. So for all of you listeners out there, uh, enjoy this sit-down with head coach Brian Burchard of the Troy Trojans. Listen as he talks about, uh, you know, what uh, the successes are and what it really takes to build a uh, successful girls basketball program and the effort that he's putting into this right here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Coach, what a job you've done in really trying to organize and build this Lady Trojans program here in the uh, years that you've been the head of the program. Uh, talk about you know some of the uh, challenges and things that you've had to overcome in trying to make this program successful. Uh, Shane, when I first started, uh, we had a we had a lot of high hopes. We had a lot of players with experience. Uh, we we had a pretty good pretty good run for a while. Uh, we lost a very important player to the to the program, to Elmira. So we basically started over. Um, my goal was to start with the youth. As you know, I have a daughter uh, in eighth grade coming up, but when I got started, she was in like fifth grade. So I basically started with the youth and built built the program up from the from the bottom up. And I think we're on a good rise now. You know, and I love that about you. You know, I mean, we can talk about, you know, all the, you know, what could have been and what should have been and this and that. But, I mean, you basically, you know, stayed the course, embraced the challenge, and have really, you know, been working with this uh, whole program, you know, as you said, from the youth up. And, I mean, what kind of a, a reward is that for you, knowing that, you know what, you are just, uh, you know, you're, you're building this program that the right way? Well, I look at it like this. It's a, it's, our, our program is more of a family. I got to know a lot of the families. I know grandparents. I know parents. I know aunts and uncles now. Uh, I've been around five, six years now with the girls. So we like to call us one big basketball family. Um, I just love this whole – I love the uh, Troy community. So it's becoming to be one big family, and we, we love it. So I think uh, we got a lot, of, lot in store for this area. A lot, a lot to come. So as you look at it now, of course, uh, you know, I think what goes unnoticed uh, about what you do with this program is it's not so much the in-season, but the off-season where, you know, you are out uh, busy trying to organize fundraisers and, and do so much to try and, you know, get things uh, built for the future of this program. I mean, what's the support been like, uh, you know, not only from the booster clubs, but also, you know, from, from the parents and, uh, you know, other relatives of the players, you know, trying to help you grow this program oh, it's been amazing actually the, uh, this it's a small community but it's from the from the parents to the business owners to friends and family everyone's had our back um, I feel like we're on a we're on a good steady rise now um, like you said um, we've been working at it hard and I think uh, since the community's got our back I think anything's possible 
love hearing that. Now, of course, you know, let's put the focus into this season in general. Now, uh, you know, coming into this season, I mean, what did you have as far as goals go? I mean, did you feel like, you know, you had some experience where, you know, you you could maybe set a win total for this team? Or, you know, were you coming in basically saying, uh, you know, I just want to see more improvement uh, coming into this year? We only have a couple seniors this year. One's never played, and one took a year off, and now she's back. So we're really young, a young program, a young program, and a. I think, I think we, if we keep working, I, I couldn't put a number on it right now, Shane. Uh, if six, seven, eight, if that if that works for me, it's more about improving every day, um, where we start to where we finish at the end of the season. That I'll be happy with that if there's improvement. Um, as a as a total. I'll be happy. I'll be happy if we're just better than last year as a win total. To me, these girls work hard every day. They work hard in the off season. Um, it comes down to how much you want it and how much how much they put into it. And we all put a lot into it. And I think we'll have good things to come this year. So as you look at this roster, you know, you, you say it's a, a very young team and, you know, that can be a, a strength, you know, and knowing that, you know, these girls are going to gain valuable experience as the season goes on. But uh, what are some strengths just from you that you were seeing here in the uh, early part of the season? I mean, what are some things that are really impressing you about this bunch so far? Uh, this bunch, we we started off um, as, a, as a group talking about having a lot of spirit a lot of and a lot of family organization so um the, the being able to have this young group i feel like i won't be missing i won't lose them so it'll be a message that we can send for two three four years to come for now so I, whatever we we learn whatever i teach and we learn from now i'm not going to be losing it so i think it's very important that we start from the bottom from the freshmen up and they'll be here to help us help support everyone else um, in the in the future. How does your coaching style then kind of blend in with this team? You know, I mean, I obviously, you know, I've seen you before. You know, you are a very, you know, inspired coach. Like, you, you definitely, you want to push these girls. But, I mean, how do you have to adjust on the fly knowing that, you know, you do have a young and experienced team and that you, you know, you kind of have to be, uh, uh, you have to find that perfect balance, I guess I should say, in uh, when's the right time to push and when do you maybe need to pull back a little? Well, like you said, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, balance. But getting to know these players, I've known a lot of these players since they're in fourth and fifth grade. They've seen me coach. They've had older siblings here. Um, I push them all hard. I push whether you're in fourth grade or twelfth grade. I'll push you the same way. But I, it does take a very good balance to to um, not push them too hard, and it, it comes with a with a knowing that each player has their own strengths and their own weaknesses and pushing them to that level that they can be more successful is my goal. You know, I'm curious, do you ever like have conversations with like your coaching peers throughout the season, you know, and try to pick their brains on, you know, how to maybe improve your coaching style as well? Uh, there's a, I have a couple of relationships with the, in the, uh, with the coaches in the, in the league, but I have a lot of relationships with past coaches too. Um, from where I started with Bob Woodward, I started with the boys. I still get a lot of um, advice from who had the job before me, Rob Gentile. As far as even coaches from that, re- that left the league and are doing other things now, I get a lot of advice from people. I'm not afraid to ask for help. 
So I'm kind of a new coach. I only call it my it's my fifth year, but I'm learning every day just like these players, and I. I'm thankful that everyone gives me advice and has my back. The Lady Trojan program is going to continue to build and have success if what happens uh, for this program along the way. I, I believe if we if we stay one family, um, to stay together, and everyone keeps working hard, myself included, never never taking days off. You got to stay mentally focused, and if everyone puts in a hundred hundred percent every day, trying to get better. And, uh, and uh, just keep, and we get a lot of community support and school-based support. I think anything's possible for this for this program. Brian, you are definitely one of the younger coaches uh, in the Northern Tier League, as far as you know your years of service towards the program. But you know, just watching from afar, I can tell there is definitely no coach in the league who is more passionate uh, about helping to develop his team. And for that man, you and your program need to be commended for all the hard work that you guys have put in. And uh, much continued success to you and the Lady Trojans uh, as you continue to build. I really appreciate it, Shane. You can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media. Follow NTL Now on Facebook by searching NTL Now Podcast and on Twitter by following at NTL Now. And again, a big thanks to head coach Brian Burchard from the Troy Lady Trojans. And again, good luck to them as the season continues. And uh, good luck to Coach Burchard as he continues to uh, build that Lady Trojans program up. And what I love is, you know what, he's doing it the right way. You know, he's trying to get the community involved, doing the best that he can. And, uh, you know, he's working with the uh, youth leagues and everything and really trying to build it up. So uh, really hoping uh, they get to reap the rewards of that uh, coming up here in the near future. So, Yes, uh, thanks to Coach Brian Burchard for uh, sitting down here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. All right, how about we flip gears, huh? Let's get over to some boys basketball talk. Uh, last week, had the opportunity to uh, check out some boys basketball action from last week. I was actually over in Canton last Friday night. It was the Battle of 3-0 and O's as Wyalusing and Canton uh, did it out uh, over there in Canton last week. And uh, congratulations to the Wyalusing Rams as they were able to... Uh, uh, stay perfect uh, after that matchup, uh, after defeating Canton uh, on the Warriors' home floor. But man, I got to tell you, that Wyalusing team—they are uh, very—they uh, are very solid, I should say. This year, uh, right now, they sit five and zero on the season, uh, leading the large school standings so far. Well, actually, tied in the large school standings. They're two and zero along with Wellsboro and Troy on the boys' side. But as far as overall record goes, uh, the Rams uh, leading it right now, five and zero. Wellsboro three and one. Troy three and three. Athens, North Penn, Mansfield, and Tawanda uh, rounding out the large school. Looking at the boys' small school, uh, right now you've got North Penn, Liberty, Sayre, and Canton all sitting 3-1. and one. Uh, They're all 1-1 one and one in the standings. Uh, Kalineski Valley, Northeast Bradford, and Williamson uh, round out the standings there. But yes, as I was saying, uh, why losing? Man, very uh, slow and methodical uh, of a team. you know. And it was interesting because Canton actually earlier in the week had gone to North Penn, Mansfield. They were riding a pretty high wave of momentum. Uh, defeated the Tigers on their home floor earlier in the week and then uh, come home. I think it was their first game on their home floor. And Wyalusing just came into town. They were not intimidated at all. Uh, talking with Coach uh, Brent Kais after the game. And, I mean, he was really excited, uh, really impressed with his team. Like, he, he knows Canton's going to have better days ahead. But uh, for that night on that floor, uh, Wyalusing really uh, showing that, you know what, uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here in the league. And I'll tell you what, what's great 
great about them is I think if they're able to play their style throughout the season, uh, they're going to be a team that's really going to cause a lot of headaches because the slower you can bring the pace down and you're comfortable with, the more you're going to frustrate teams. And uh, to see the Y losing Rams be able to do that, uh, that was uh, pretty incredible. And yes, they had uh, the game uh, momentum in their side and a big win there for the Rams. And of course, uh, Y losing then uh, going out, getting their fifth win of the week uh, this week. I believe they have games still to come uh, Wednesday night and Friday night. Uh, later on this week. I know Canton's got a big tilt coming up uh, with Athens uh, in this week as well. So yes, it's uh, you know a good start here to the boys' basketball season. We'll get ready for some holiday basketball action coming up here uh, through some holiday tournaments as well uh, after the Christmas holiday. I know that's on the horizon for them too. Alright, so that means uh, you know it's time to uh, hit the way of wrestling. That's right. We've got to talk some wrestling. We're going to talk the Tawanda Black Knights. We've got some dandy duels action to talk about. We've got a Panther Classic to talk about as well as the Canton wrestlers go out and have another great finish too. So we're going to talk some high school wrestling coming up. But first, hey, you know what? we got to thank our good friends from Circle W Sports. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It's linked highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Welcome back here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Shane Wilber here with you this week. And yes, wrestling fans, as promised, let's get into some high school wrestling right here on NTL Now. Well, I want to congratulate the Tawanda Black Knights wrestling squad. That's right. First of all, for going 4-1 and one, uh, during the dandy duels uh, through the weekend. So yes, congratulations to them for going 4-1. and one. They uh, defeated Williamson, Wyoming area, Countersport, and Jersey Shore. Uh, they were defeated by Bethlehem Freedom, their lone loss of the tournament. But yes, right now, the Tawanda Black Knights sitting 6-1 and one in the dual season. They've actually already defeated Sarah and Northeast Bradford in the league. So couple that with their four wins at the Dandy Duels. And right now, uh, Tawanda sitting 6-1. and one. They've actually got uh, matchups coming up uh, this week with Tonkanic and Troy. So we'll see how uh, the Black Knights season is uh, once I get to see them on Friday. But uh, hey, that Tonkanic team, they are going to be very stout to deal with. I think they've got about three potential uh, regional and or potential state qualifiers in that lineup as well. So uh, Tawanda going to have their hands full uh, coming up in that action uh, later on this week. But uh, also I want to send out a huge congratulations going out to uh, Bill Sexton of the Tawanda Black Knights. Bill picking up win uh, number 668 uh, over the weekend, tying him with a legendary Danville coach, Ron Kanaski. So congratulations to Coach Sexton as he continues uh, to further cement his legacy uh, in the sport of high school wrestling uh, for not only the Black Knight program, but for himself. So again, congratulations going out to head coach Bill Sexton on uh, picking up his big uh, milestone win over the weekend. And of course, uh, big thanks to uh, my stats and information department, who I like to call Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun Gazette, as Mitch was able to hook me up uh, with the facts and figures for that. So yes. 
a big thanks to you, Mitch, uh, for that help. And, uh, of course, uh, when it comes to wrestling, I trust no one other uh, than Mitch himself. So always glad to get that type of information uh, from him uh, for the podcast. All right, uh, quickly in some other wrestling news and notes, uh, congratulations to the Canton Warriors as their wrestling team goes out to the Panther Holiday Classic uh, out with uh, Penn Cambria over the weekend, uh, finishing eighth out of 43 teams out there. Uh, Congratulations to Timmy Ward on a second-place finish, Garrett Storch a fourth-place finish, and uh, congratulations to Hayden Ward of the Canton Warriors on a seventh-place finish out there. Now, a notable note uh, for Hayden Ward, uh, he again gets another big matchup uh, in that 132-pound bracket. If you remember back at the DKI tournament in Bloomsburg, he faced state qualifier Noah Hunt. Uh, For Ward uh, out at this tournament, uh, the young freshman got a dose of uh, a state champion as he took on Brock McMillan from Glendale. He's the defending state champion, I believe, at 126 and this year's bumped up to 32. So for Hayden Ward to face uh, a state qualifier and a state champion in uh, you know a brief short time here to start the season, that's only going to benefit uh, the young freshman well. And you know, it's probably a good thing, you know, to go out and uh, kind of learn, you know, that uh, you're not the toughest dog on the block yet. You know, kind of take those growing lumps here in the early part of the season. But again, congratulations Congratulations to uh, Timmy Ward, Hayden Ward, and Garrett Storch for uh, your medal finishes out there. And congratulations to the Warrior Wrestling team uh, for their big showing out there at the Panther Holiday Classic uh, last weekend. So kudos to them. Uh, I know they've got some big matchups coming up. Uh, They were supposed to wrestle Montoursville uh, in a dual action uh, earlier this week. Unfortunately, the snow postponed that. So they're going to try and get that rescheduled. I've heard maybe early January uh, for that matchup. And then, of course, uh, they've got uh, a big one one in the Northern Tier League uh, with Wyalusing coming up here in a couple weeks uh, after the New Year's holiday. So that's a big duel on the horizon and I think they've got uh, Williamson Sayre and the Tunkanic Tournament to kind of splash in the middle of all that as well. So going to be a grinding and grueling uh, few weeks here uh, coming up for the Canton wrestling team. Now, uh, as far as my own eyes getting to see some wrestling action, uh, last week I got to go to Athens. The uh, Athens Wildcats coming away with a 48-33 dual win uh, over the Troy Trojans as the Wildcats, I believe, would nail down nine pins of the 14 bouts. Troy would get three. Uh, Troy also got a forfeit in that action as well uh, from Athens. And then, of course, uh, the big matchup of the night, Sheldon Seymour of Troy defeating uh, Gavin Bradley of Athens by a score of 8-3 in the 120-pound final as Bradley would uh, bump up to 120 pounds to uh, face Seymour in the evening's main event. But of course, uh, you know, as much as we are going to talk about uh, Sheldon Seymour throughout the season, and that's definitely well-deserved because Sheldon has uh, earned a state title, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about him uh, throughout the year and uh, with this Trojan squad. Don't overshadow at 106 pounds his younger brother, Seth. Uh, I got a chance to see Seth in action in that duel as well. Uh, He's actually uh, grown a little bit this year. I think he's put on, uh, you know, kind of the necessary physique here to uh, grow into that 106-pound weight class. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, he might have something to say uh, before all is said and done this season in that 106-pound bracket. Do I know or think, you know, he he may be on the verge of a potential uh, regional qualifier? I don't know. 
know, but uh, I definitely think here in the Northern Tier League, he's going to have a great year at 106 pounds. And, uh, you know, as we get uh, into the postseason, I'm going to be curious to see uh, how he does. But I think he's definitely somebody that we're going to want to keep an eye on here in the Northern Tier League. Okay, so we've recapped some of the wrestling action uh, from this past week and weekend. And, of course, as the podcast and winter season goes on, we'll talk more about uh, all of that uh, coming up as well. However, uh, one of the issues that uh, was brought up not only uh, into the fall sports season regarding football and other sports uh, was the topic of officiating. Now, of course, for anybody who uh, follows NTL Sports knows, hey, officials are definitely uh, in high demand. Uh, If you have ever thought about being an official, you should definitely look into that. And uh, speaking of officials and officiating, it was uh, a great pleasure this week to sit down with Jack Young. Of course, uh, a lot of folks know Jack uh, as the head football coach at Athens, but Jack also one of the uh, more well-known and well-respected wrestling officials as well. And Jack this year, uh, earlier in 2019, was voted the state wrestling rules interpreter as well. So adding another title to the man uh, is Mr. Young, but I actually had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him earlier this week as well. So let's talk with uh, Jack Young right here on the NTL Now podcast. Uh, Jack, first of all, great to have you here. And uh, let's talk a little bit about this uh, state interpreter position. And uh, Jack, I mean, uh, kind of uh, fill folks in. I mean, what what are some of the details, some of the responsibilities that come with this uh, position you're going to fill this year? First and foremost, Shane, I I appreciate you having me on, and uh, you know it really wasn't anything I ever thought about. Uh, John Hosage, Doctor John Hosage, who uh, has been the state wrestling interpreter for 38 years, um, actually decided it was time to move on and spend some more time. I think at his beach house, and when the position became open, I, I had a few people reach out to me and say, "Hey, have you ever thought about this?" and I hadn't, so I thought about it, and I threw my hat in the ring, and, uh, you know, it's it's something that uh, is real interesting to me, and, and you know, I'm, I'm real passionate about scholastic athletics, and, you know, whether it's football or wrestling, and, and basically, the state wrestling interpreter is exactly that. I, I am the guy in charge of in, interpretation and officiating in the state of Pennsylvania when it comes to uh, the sport of uh, high school wrestling, and, and uh, basically, we follow the National Federation high school rules, and uh, I'm the guy in charge of trying to get our state on the same page. Um, it's a daunting task, um, but I have a, a great group of people around me, and, and you know the people from the PIAA office are, are incredible people, um, and you know the other interpreters and, and officials in our state are great, and you know we all just kind of, you know have a task of trying to get on the same page and being the best we can be for these kids. So does this entail now, you know, d- different meetings throughout the uh, scholastic year and, uh, you know, trying to uh, meet with coaches and such and try to kind of give them a basis of, you know, why, why rulings are made the way they are? A, a little bit. Um, really coaching, meeting with the coaches, I, I wish it could be more than it is. There's really only one time we meet with coaches um, and and that's at the interpret the mandatory interpretation meeting every season or preseason before the season gets rolling we have and uh, you know other than that what we what I try to do and what the state tries to do is we try to put bulletins on the PIAA website um, to try to you know and encourage coaches to get on the website 
and, and see some of the things, some of the interpretations that come out, um, some of the situations that arrive, that arise, you know, especially here the first couple weeks of the season. And, uh, you know, again, we're here to help the coaches and, 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 and try to do the best job we can to follow the, to follow the rules and, and follow them properly. One of probably the biggest difficulties is exactly what the title entails is interpretation. And, you know, if you ever played that whisper game where you whispered a message around a table and by the time it got to the end, it wasn't even close to, to what, uh, what it started as, you know, what that message started at, that's kind of what happens. And, and, and we get interpretations and people hear them differently and understand them differently. So through communications and, and through constant messaging and, and bulletins and things like that, we try to do the best we can to get not only have the officials on top of things, but have coaches understand what's going on and why they're going on. Now, are you taking your experience uh, as official for the many years that uh, you have been uh, into this position to try and simplify things and make explanations more clear uh, to those that you have to convey them to? Yeah, um, trying to make them more clear is definitely a challenge. Um, and I think the biggest thing is, is just the lines of communication, you know, trying to make sure we're communicating as much as possible. Um, my phone's been ringing a lot more. I get a lot more text messages and a lot more emails. Um, but yet that's part of the position. And, and I've learned that the lines of communication are, are, are huge in the task that I have. So will this position now that you have, you know, as the state interpreter, I mean, is this going to limit you uh, with mat time? I mean, are we still going to be able to uh, watch you, you know, doing a duel here and there? Or, you know, are you kind of more, uh, you know, behind the scenes and, and having to, you know, field the emails and be more of, uh, I guess, you know, the, the, the suit role now, I guess? No, not really, Shane. Um, honestly, the only thing that uh, my officiating is limited now is, is the state tournaments. Uh, I won't. I won't officiate any more state tournaments. Which, you know, I've I've done a number of both the team state tournament and the individual state tournament. So, you know, um, it's time for other guys to experience that. You know, uh, I, I've got to an experience. I've got to experience it a number of times. And and now at both those tournaments, I'm the director of of, of officiating at both those tournaments. So that's really the only thing that's limited. Um, I've been real busy already here the last uh, two weeks. And, uh, you know, I enjoy being on the mat. And, and that was one of the big things that I think um, I, I brought to the table was that I'm still an active official. Um, and, and, and I think that was important to uh, – to the folks at the PIAA. All right, so you know what? That's a great uh, segue in all of this, you know, talking about, you know, your experience uh, as an official, the fact that you are an active official because obviously, you know, in, in the sport of wrestling and any sport in general right now, and, and this has been an issue, hot topic uh, with the PIAA is, Jack, I'm curious, uh, how do we uh, get, you know, more officials, uh, you know, recruited into this whole fold, no matter what the sport, but, you know, mainly for wrestling right now, because obviously that's our focus. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I think it's, I think it's communication. I, I think it's getting the word out there. Um, you know, we're trying to, you know, hit college campuses. Uh, we're even, we're even posting the information in high schools. Um, you, you know, we're trying to get the word out there. Um, it's a great opportunity. I, I, I think it's a character builder. I, I think it develops leadership skills, and you know, I, I don't think any of us get into the thing like officiating. It's kind of like coaching. You know, we don't really get into it at least at this level to make money. Um, but it is a great money 
maker opportunity, especially for a kid in college. Um, you know, I know here just in the northern tier in District 4, we've had the opportunity to recruit a few guys uh, um, from uh, Mansfield University. Uh, uh, we had a, a, a gentleman, a young man that's uh, still officiating for us that he, he was actually wrestling at Penn Tech and officiating in our, you know, through our chapter. So, you know, he found that, holy cow, I can go out on a Sunday and, and officiate a youth wrestling tournament and make a couple bucks. You know, that, that's a great opportunity. And, you know, again, I think lines of communication, um, in, you know, it's no different. In, it's in every sport. You know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're in the need, a great need to recruit officials for every sport. Um, but, but wrestling, we're in the same boat. And, uh, you, you know, uh, I'm not getting any younger, so I know it's tough for me to officiate on a Thursday night then an all-day Saturday, and then, you know, the, you have these great youth organizations that are looking for a dozen officials on a given Saturday, and, and my body's not holding up that well. So, you know, we need guys to get out there and do that. And, and you know, I, one, one thing I talked to somebody um, one time, and they thought, well, you, you know, I just don't have the time to do it, and, and I, don't, I don't have the opportunity to officiate on a weekday. Or, or I'm not interested in officiating like high school kids, but I'd be more than willing to uh, officiate youth tournaments. It's for everybody. It, it, it's, it's for males. It's for females. It's, you know, if you have the desire to uh, work real hard at it and get down, you know, get to the point where you're officiating varsity level competition and then even the postseason, you have that opportunity. But at the same time, if you're just somebody that's limited to maybe the weekends and, and you're willing to help out youth organizations, um, you know, it's a great opportunity. So again, we're just trying to open the lines of communication and, you know, it's a, it's, it's a real easy thing to do. Um, nowadays you can take all the, all the tests for all the sports right on, uh, if you go to the PIAA, uh, website, which is, uh, www.piaa.org. Um, you can take every sport. You can purchase rule books online. You can do it all right online. So, you know, it's, it's a daunting task, um, but, but we're constantly working at it, not only as local officials, but the PIAA is constantly working at it as well. That's good information to have. You know, I, I myself was not aware of, you know, the, the aggressiveness that uh, PIAA was taking. Now, Jack, you're in the fold. I mean, you've been through, you know, state competitions and everything else. Uh, when you look at the, the state of wrestling officiating, I mean, are, are we in a good place right now? I mean, is there like a lot of solid bodies, you know, that are, are more towards the younger side? Or is there really, you know, a need to really get some new blood in there? Um, we're seeing a shortage in all sports, you know, and I'm very familiar with football and I'm very familiar with wrestling, and, and, and I know looking at the other sports, you know, they've had to change the winter sports seasons around a little bit in basketball because of, of lack of officials. So, so I know it's, it's, in, it's in all sports. Um, and, yeah, you know, like I'll just take our, our northern tier wrestling chapter, for instance. You know, we have an outstanding group of officials, but we're all around the same age. We're all, you know, we're not getting any younger and and we've recruited some great young people, but not enough of them. We need we need you know people that are interested in that, and you know those that want to stay around the sport. Um, you know we have some some guys that you know thought they wanted to coach, but they realize coaching is a huge time commitment. Officiating's not not as much as coaching. Um, you know you have to attend some meetings. You have a number of meetings you have to attend throughout the year. Not that many. Um, I believe you have to attend six meetings throughout the year. Um, you have to attend a mandatory rules interpretation meeting. 
Um, and 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 it, yeah, I guess at first there are some costs involved. It does cost to to take the test. Um, you do have to have all your clearances. Um, they have to be on file with the PIAA. And, and once that's done, then the task is fairly easy. And it's just a you know it's like anything else that anybody does. You know if you're if you're passionate about it and you have an interest in it, you're going to work at it. No different than when you competed in sports or you know you're passionate about other hobbies like like hunting and fishing or, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, there's a little bit of time involved, but, but really the, you know, the bonuses and, and, and the positives that you get out of it, at least for me and what I see in these sports much, they, they completely outweigh the negatives. All right. So I'll finish up, uh, you know, this interview with you with this question. I mean, let's just say that, you know, a, a youngster uh, either in high school or maybe just somebody that you kind of bump into uh, somewhere along the way, you know, comes up to you and says, you know, uh, Jack, you know, you're, you're really talking a, a lot of good points here about officiating. But, uh, you know, why should I, you know, what, what would uh, be kind of like the, the Jack Young advice or, you know, kind of like recruitment pitch to uh, to, to get a youngster uh, into the fold uh, when it comes to officiating? Well, first and foremost, I, I'd say, you know, look back at, at your experiences. And, and, and again, you know, we have wrestling officials that weren't wrestlers. Um, I know there's football officials that weren't football officials, but, you know, you know, what drives you in anything? You know, you have to be passionate about something. You have to have a motivation. Um, but but the bottom line is I'm, I'm passionate about scholastic sports, and I'm passionate about education. So if, if you have that, if you have that desire to help kids out, and that's what you're doing. The bottom line is you're helping kids. Um, there are some negatives, um, you know, uh, they, they've addressed, you know, fan behavior and things like that in a, in a big fashion over the last number of years, because I think that's something that's kind of pushed people away from being officials. Why would I want to be an official when people can sit in the stands and yell at you? Those kind of things have been addressed, and I think they've improved greatly. Um, I, you know, I think all those things uh, have improved greatly. But if you have a desire to help, and, and if you have a desire to, to see our youth develop into good positive contributing adults in our society then it'd be a great motivator if, if you have a desire to be involved in athletics um you know it, it, it's just again i'm so passionate about it and i know other people might not be as passionate as me but if you can find that little that little itch to get yourself involved it, it's it's a great it's a great way to keep yourself active keep your mind in, involved in things and to me the biggest bonus is you're working with kids and, and you're doing positive things with our youth you know you've been around this block for a while now and you know you've seen the ins and outs uh, when it comes to officiating so you know if anybody is uh, going to be able to do a good recruiting uh, i know that uh, would definitely be you but i know you got uh, a busy season ahead of you both with uh, interpreting and officiating so jack uh, again thanks for uh, you know taking some time here and uh, being a part of the podcast and uh, you know kind of filling us in on uh, what your wrestling season's really going to entail absolutely awesome shane i greatly appreciate it happy holidays Always a great time when you can sit down with Jack Young and discuss sports of any kind, uh, whether it be football, wrestling, officiating, anything like that. Always fun to sit down with him. All right, uh, I want to thank head coach Brian Burchard of the Troy Lady Trojans, head coach Rich Sutton of the Tawanda Lady Black Knights for sitting down here with me this week and uh, helping to put together uh, some great interviews uh, for this week's Northern Tier League Now podcast. Folks, want to tell everybody out there, the NTL Now podcast will be back in 2000. 2000- 
2020 as the winter sports season continues next week of course the Christmas holiday the week after that New Year's so uh, after this week uh, we're going to take a break for the holidays and come back strong for you in January of 2020 but uh, I want to thank Joe Carrion, Ed Weaver from Circle W Sports, uh, the folks at Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility for hopping on here and helping to make this podcast successful here in the early going and of course again a big thanks to all of you out there who have tuned in and made the first few episodes of this podcast so great so everybody out there have yourselves a very merry christmas a happy new year enjoy the holidays in 2019 and i'll look forward to being back with you in 2020 and of course i know joe carry on he's recharging and resting and he's going to be ready to go as well so happy holidays to all of you out there and a big thank you to everyone for making the ntl now podcast uh, a great one i'm shane wilbur i'll talk to you in 2020 for another episode of the ntl now podcast an exclusive production of circle w sports and endless mountains brace and mobility thanks for listening to ntl now your northern tier league sports podcast Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.